Hey guys, it is The Roundtable. This is episode 89, and I'm Jenny Walker, the social media ministry leader here at Life Church. And this is Mike Hill. He is our pastor. And sitting in between us is Gina. Gina. Hi. I just want to, yeah. Gina. Gina, 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 Gina Van name? Meter. Okay. Yeah, but you also have Foster too. Is that? Well, I gave that name up. Okay, so <laughs> the man so Van Meter <laughs> is your maiden name. Van Meter. Okay. Okay. All right, that's what I was back. confused on. Yeah. Foster was your. Have you only married, been married once? Yeah. What? Once you thought enough. it was more? <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought she was married more than that. No. Really? I she had no married. other significant men in your life. No, I got married when I was 16. Okay. And divorced him when I was. Probably like 39. Wow. You were married when you were 16 years old? Yep. Holy crap. Don't recommend it. You don't recommend being married at 16? No. So you think you at get, 16, you think you know everything. Yeah. Yeah, so, so why did you get married at 16? Uh, following love type of thing. Oh, you really? You know, blind love. Oh. So how long were you, like, dating? Two years. Okay. So you met 14. him when you were four- Wait, like 15? that's it's going to sound stupid. Like it's legal in the United States I of know. America uh, to yes. get married when you're 16. Yes, uh, my mom had to. I had to go get married in Ohio. Wait, what? Because Indiana would not accept it unless I was pregnant. What? Yeah, that made my mom so mad when the judge said that. Yeah, because your mom like, was all for it. Yeah, she knew. I mean, you're either. How gonna, old was he? My mama. No. No. Uh, oh, Big Rick. Uh, Big Seventeen. Rick. Okay. No, 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 16. He was 19. Yeah, so as I say, one of you have to be over 18 to get yeah, married. Yeah, I know. I was his legal guardian for Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, no, I think somebody has years. to be over 18. Yeah. So two 16-year-olds can't get married at the no. same time? Well, unless they're emancipated. Oh, yeah, that no. makes sense. Never they mind. can emancipate themselves and then do it. Yeah. Wow. Okay, here's your question for the day. You ready? What is it? Huh? If dun, you could dun, be dun. any animal that you would choose out of all the animals in the world, what would you choose and why? A dog. Why? You gotta because have the, 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 the dog why. backwards is God, and because their characteristics are so cool. <laughs> yeah, they are. Okay, name one that's cool. When they lick your in, face, they lick no, their balls, when, and they lick your oh, face. Oh, that's the best. Have you ever been? <laughs> that's the best. <laughs> that's the best characteristic. I love that. The dog sits there and licks their privates, yeah. and then part, comes up and licks for. your face. It's so I know, good. But males, hey, their mouth know. is still cleaner than ours. They somehow, what? Somehow, yeah, have you ever yeah. heard that? No. Their bacteria in them that is strong. That is another fact that isn't true. Well, I believe it. Because I let them lick me all the time. I do, too. I don't know. I don't think about what would I be if I'm an animal. They're loyal. So they're loyal. There you go. They're, they're loyal. They, if you hit them 5,000 times, like we beat them, they still one thing love off you. Of that list, and it's fabulous. Yeah. I don't think that's completely true. Yes, it is. That if you abuse a dog, then they he's going to love you. They still want your owners. Yes. I don't know if it's out of love, but more, they're still going to come to you. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. They still want you. Yeah. So yeah. are you choosing a dog too? No. Well, I, I don't know. I'd like to be a golden retriever. No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Everybody's I would, in shock. Okay, well, a golden retriever is a dog. I know, but I want to okay. be specific. Okay. I would like to be my own golden retriever because I treat my dog so nice. But okay. anyway, I don't know. It would either be like a polar bear, yeah. maybe. Okay, why a polar bear? I, they've always been my favorite animal. Because they eat seals? <laughs> no. I love what? lions. Lions yeah. are awesome. Lions, lions are, are awesome. awesome. Yeah, so you're picking a polar bear. Yes, they're just cute. Because they're They're cute. cute. <laughs> He's so cool. <laughs> what yeah. about you? Mm. I would pick a lion because I want to be the king of the jungle. <laughs> that would be one. And right. I would want to be a roadrunner. A roadrunner. So I could get to places faster. Oh, that's good. Right? Like you, that way you How could, fast are they? Huh? How fast are they? I mean, have you ever watched a cartoon? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> if you ever watch a real one. <laughs> right, no kidding. I oh have my. seen a real one. They are runner. fast. They are fast. <laughs> okay. Yeah, they're kind of, they're out in, pretty much out in the desert. I think I saw them in Arizona, maybe. Would right. that be possible? I wonder. Now you got me Is thinking. Is that the real name of them? Turtle Air- would be kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, turtle? Now, yeah. Just like <laughs> okay, kick so why, it, why kick it and relax and you're all covered up. And yeah, but what happens just- if you're out in the middle of the road? Then your life's gone. Yeah. <laughs> no, you just go inside of your shell. Oh, and, and they'll be able to survive. A- yeah, you run them over and you're perfectly fine. Are they- no. No, they get squished if it's a car, I'm no, sure. No, I don't think so. Their you shells? Wanna, no, you want to do that as an experiment on the podcast? No. No. <laughs> run over a turtle? Yeah. Oh, that's mean. <laughs> Well, I mean, we, it, we're all about proving things that we think are true to be true uh, or things we think are false to be false. Let's so, just I mean, take one that doesn't there's involve a tur- There's life. a turtle that's willing to sacrifice its life <laughs> to, be able to, get, to be able to get to the truth. Poor turtle. Huh? Oh. Poor turtle. Yeah, so Gina, tell us a little bit about you. What are you, so about you meaning like what's going on in your life today? What are you excited about? What are you passionate uh. about? Hi, what's going on in my life today? Yes. Um, after here, I go to work. Okay. <laughs> so what do okay. you do for Other work? than work. I love volunteering. Volunteering's my passion. Oh, okay. my gosh, I just love it. Tonight's the um, laundry ministry. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. explain to people what the laundry ministry is, because yeah. maybe a lot of our listeners don't even that have any idea. That group of us, which if you ever want to know about volunteering, find Jennifer Eller. I think okay. she is, like, the most prettiest Christian I've ever met, you know? <laughs> She's and, and so, so it's sweet. the pretty ones that get you volunteered? No, I get pretty in saying? the heart, you oh, know? got it. Got yeah, it. yeah, because she just, for the community. Okay. So we go to the laundromat um, from donations and ties and stuff. We um, purchase washing and drying and the soap for people in the community that can't afford it. Okay, so how often does this happen? Every two weeks. Oh, Every no. two weeks. So, Are you about to sneeze? At Chewy. Whoa! Did you, <gasps> did you do a silent one? Huh? Did you do silent I one? I always hold it in. I thought that was so a mess. Huh? I said, why? I don't want to clean I up the mess go, afterwards. Is that nasty? <laughs> <laughs> what? I mean, if you sneeze, like stuff's coming out and then you got to clean everything up. Okay, afterwards. but like not like that dramatic. Huh? I don't think that much stuff comes Plus out. Plus, it's sneeze. good to see if you can stop your heart and get it restarted. Oh, okay. is that what it is? Yeah. All right. But isn't it when you sneeze your heart, when you hold I it in your heart? Stops never for a second. That. Okay, so if somebody wants to come twice a month, it happens on today's Tuesday night. Today's Tuesday, Every Tuesday yes. night, Five you can come. The get north your, side washing. And they just see you when they get there? I know. Yes, yeah. So they come up we, to you? We kind of, well, we... Like, how, do they, know, how do they know who you are? We're looking for them. We, oh. we let them know. And there's several people that come in that did not know. And then we'll bless them and be able to do their laundry, you know, and just kind of like. So you just hang out in the laundry mm-hmm. mat? Yep. yep. So and that's like what I like about it. Because I, I do the meal ministry too. Okay. But it's real quick. You yeah. know, I mean, you got an hour to feed them and visit with them. and But here at the laundromat, I like it because you have that two hours to to really talk with the people and. Okay. So, um, so those are the two places I like volunteering. If there's any more, I'll, I'm the gal. <laughs> <laughs> if you need anything like done, it. see Gina yeah. Van Meter. I like, I love it. It's just, yeah, that's where I'm happy at. Okay. And the children's ministry, I totally, okay. which we need volunteers, everybody. <laughs> we do? It's fun. Yes. Always. Oh, always huh? need volunteers. Always. And we're getting we, more we, and more children. Huh? As the church yes. is growing, yeah. so is the children's ministry. <laughs> so where do we need volunteers at? I don't know. You'd have to ask Miss Cute Charity. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't it funny how you attach like somebody's looks to them? I know. Like 
go see Jennifer Eller, the volunteer the lady, because she's well, pretty. Yeah. No, she was being her personality. The outside. Yeah, it's the inside that, yeah, no. And yeah, I mean, they're it, ugly on the outside. But <laughs> they could be. Yeah. You know, I didn't really mean they were pretty on the outside. I meant, But like, it's fun there. It's a lot of fun. What, and in the children's yeah. ministry? Yeah, I've been doing it now almost the whole time I've been here. Oh, Which wow. Which is for how long? I've been doing it ever since it was Lee. No, I know, but how long have you been at Life Church? About thirteen years. Wow! Like, how did you know ever that. end up at Life Church? My boys came here for the food. Really? Yeah, they stayed. I mean, they went all the way up to high school, and now they're not active out there. They're just out there. They're out there. I keep telling them. <laughs> they, they came here for what food? Yeah. Remember when we used to have that big old long spread? What oh, was yeah. it? Oh, we used to do sausage, and people would uh, donate. Things that morning, For and church? then the church supplied what the sausage, the grapes, the cheese, fruit. Yeah, we had big like old how we have donuts spread. and coffee. Yeah, like it, it would used be to that. Be a big so spread. it used to be when we did it, like uh, Mark Heipel uh-huh. would donate one deer a year. Oh, wow! So we would have happen? deer sausage and cheese, and grapes and oranges and apples wow. and, milk and coffee, milk and coffee, and, and you know who they came with? Who? The Clark kids. Really? For the food. Oh, did the Clark kids come at that time also? Yeah, that, nice. they all That's walked cool. here. Nice. They all walked here yeah. together, yeah. you know, because they were friends with Gina's family. Yeah. Well, I, the kids were. Huh? The kids were. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's what I meant. The yeah. kids were friends with Yeah, your... I only met Josh a couple times during um, wrestling. Right. That is cool. You know, and right. then we went through that. See the things that brings people to church. Through that what? Like not everybody knows that big ordeal. I know. What was the big ordeal? The Clark kids. I'm the one who um, brought them to Mike. Oh, really? So I didn't know that. Yeah. What's the story? I know. Well, I was hanging out with Melissa, my niece, Mm -hmm. and we were watching. I can't remember what day it was, but the parade, and we're sitting at the old. um, uh, What is it called now? But anyways, we're sitting watching the parade, and she's talking about. Clark kids mm-hmm. and how she's got, they're coming to get them the next day and about the situation and that they're in. CPS? No, the uh, Liz the parents? and Josh. Josh and yeah. Liz uh, and Corbin and Allie right. were in Indy. So we're okay. talking about that. Were and with- I'm like, okay, okay, Lord, what's going on? You know, so I said, no, I'm going to go and get them. So the next morning I went to go get them and Melissa wasn't waking up for me. So it was like. Come on, guys, we're going. So I came up here. That was when the sanctuary was upstairs. Yep. And I was just like, I have no clue what to do, Lord. So I just sat down in a circle and we prayed and I called him. (laughs) She didn't call me. She walked up to my office after church (laughs) and said, hey, by the way, do you know, do you remember the the Clark kids and said, hey, this is what's going on. They were staying at Melissa's house. They can't stay there any longer. And so we need to figure out what to do with them. Will you take them? Wow. They weren't standing right there, were they? They were standing out in the sanctuary. Wow. I wasn't letting them go. All I knew is there was something I had to do. I didn't know what, where. Right. Because they had been dropped off at Melissa's house. It's Uh kind of an exchange deal with Josh and Liz. Right. An exchange deal. What, to get them back? To watch my kids and da-da-da-da. Yeah. So Josh and Liz were in Indy, and at that point they were pretty heavy into heroin and dealing and Josh had called me in February Mm -hmm. and boy sent me a text and he said, Hey, do you, uh, remember 
do you remember me or what's left of me? This is Josh Clark. Wow. He said that. Yeah. And so we talked via text and he said, essentially, again, I don't know if I could put it in complete terminology. Mm -hmm. Essentially, there's a hit out on my life. So I've sent the three kids to Huntington, you know, to stay with Melissa, to get them out of that. Corbin and Allie are still with me. That's the last I heard of them. Heard from him. He never texted me back. I never heard anything from him again until Gina brought the three kids. Interesting, huh? Wow. He reached out to you and then I show up. What year was this? Uh, No, not good with years. (laughs) I don't know, honestly. Right. I think Jeremy was like 10 years old and Mm -hmm. he's now 19. It's like 10 years ago. Yeah. Yeah, Around there. 8, 10. Mm. Yeah. But either way, yeah, Gina was the one who. Brought him in. Glad I did. Oh, so thankful. But again, so you just came because the kids came. So why weren't you in church? Oh, why did it take? Why did it take your kids? Why did it take kids to get you to yeah. come to church? Why I were was you out of church, church for twenty five years? You what? I left church twenty five years prior. For twenty five years. Wow. Yeah. For what reason? Yeah. A bunch of you know all the stuff that you get up there talking about all that small BS stuff. Okay. Like yeah. what? Uh, the church that I was at was... So wait a second, just so everybody knows. So let's kind of go back to your story a little bit because... My testimony story well, I mean, that I'm working on, Lord? Well, no, <laughs> no. I mean, so let's go. No. So you get married at 16, you lived in Huntington. No, I got married in Huntington. Big Rick was in the military. Okay. So then in the military, I lived in, oh gosh, what? Kentucky, Colorado, Missouri. Okay, you moved around. And then I went to California. Okay. I raised my kids in California. So you had your kids in California? No, I had my kids in military base. Okay. But you end up in California, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Still married? Yeah. Rick's going to church? No. Rick, Rick, <laughs> Rick never went to church? Well, what did you grow up with? Did you grow up going no. to church? So no. your mom, dad? No. Nothing. None of I went to church when I was about... 11, going on 12. Okay. Um, I met God through those little children's Bible books. Have you ever seen those encyclopedias? Yeah. Yeah, I started reading those. Where? And then at a neighbor's friend's house that had them. While you're still in Huntington. Yeah. Okay. So so you're introduced to the concept of Well, I was raised in California. You were? Yes. My parents moved back out here when I was 10, 11 years old. Because? Because... They say it's because um, the influence on the family out there was, was crazy. Yeah. Was so bad. you come here to Huntington. Mom and dad always, mom wanted to be in Indiana. Dad always wanted to be in California. Okay. So they had four children. Two were born in California. Two were born in Indiana. You were born so in California. I was born in Indiana, went back to California as a baby. Yes. Oh, wow. And so you have brothers brought, and sisters. I have two sisters and one brother. Yeah. And then, um, so then they brought me here when I was 10, 11. So wow, yeah, I would. I did not. But anyway, like it. so you weren't. Your family was not church going no, people, no, right? Not at all. So you get introduced to the concept of God through mm, the Bibles, and then I had a little classmate invite me to go to church with her. Okay. So I went to the Assembly of God Church on Etna. Okay. It's not a church no more. It's awesome. I went to church there when I was young, and then I moved out here one time with my son Ricky. And they turned that church into an apartment, and I rented the apartment. Oh, that's cool. I was just like, okay, Lord, this is, uh, like, (laughs) really? It's not there anymore. They knocked down the building and put up, like, a garage or something like that. Right. But then— So, anyway, you're with your husband, Adam. You guys have kind of landed in California. Living in California. California. God's not a part of your life. Mm. God's not a part of his life. No. At all. 
No. Right. So, <laughs> you know, I'm just saying, so at what point, like, did you get to the place where you're like, oh, I need God in my life? Yes. Or- I did the church when my kids were little. You went to church. I, yeah, mm-hmm. I, as a teen, as a young girl, I went to church for a couple of years. Took your kids. No, that was as young. Oh, got as it. a young girl, twelve yep. years yep. old, went to church. Then I left church and got married, and then we traveled. And then when I got back to Arbuckle, is where I raised my kids. Okay, um, Arbuckle, California. Arbuckle, California. Uh, we're yeah. finally on the map. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a little agricultural town. Yeah. Um, then yes, I, you know, my heart was telling me I want. My kids be in church. Okay, so you go to church with your kids. Rick's still not going. No, Rick don't go. No. No. No, no, nothing. He didn't want any of it. No. Okay. So you decide to get your kids back in church. Right. And then we stay there for a while, and then the church just starts getting, I don't know, concerned more about money, it felt, you know, Mm -hmm. than anything. And actuality, all the concerns that we had, there was five women in our church. That all, and I was a baby of all five of them. You okay. know, I was like, okay. Meaning there were only five women? No, I mean oh. five women in the church. Leaders. I mean, we're talking about the treasury, Sunday okay. school teachers. You're one of those people. Yeah, Sunday school. Okay. You know, didn't know what I was teaching. But <laughs> like I said, I love to volunteer for yeah. one. Okay. Um, and then, so we brought to the elders and that didn't work. And then everybody got their feelings hurt and we all five women left church. Left church. Wow. Yeah. So now you're out. You would t- think that would total church. Wow. We're not talking <laughs> about a big church. Right. So you're all you're out of church altogether. Right? Yes. So out in California for 25 years. Yeah. So talk about how was life? What I mean, what were the good things? What were your struggles? What were like? Tell us about life in California. Oh, raising crazy. kids, Seriously. being married. Huh? You know, I have. You only know a few of my. Crazy, I'm colorful, just saying, give twisted me, give life. Me, give our listeners uh, and the people that are watching a perspective okay, of your see. life. Okay, let's see. I was a drug addict, and my well, husband was a drug dealer. Well, wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No. You can't jump from, I was a Sunday school teacher, <laughs> and now I'm a drug addict. Right? Well, so no, I mean, so again, what we're trying to help people get, right, is like people you know, know I'm you, working on my testimony still, so I'm trying to figure out how to take my life and write it into a testimony. No, right. So this right. is what I'm saying. So people see you today, mm-hmm. right? And they talk to you today. They're in Bible study today. They see who you are Oops. today, <laughs> right? But for a lot of people, they don't know where you came right. from. Right, right. So we're trying to get this perspective. So you're not a drug addict while you're here. You haven't done drugs while you're here. No. You you, ha- you marry your high school crush. Right. Life is going perfectly. Mm-hmm. No, my life's never went perfectly. No, wait, wait a second. You get married. Obviously, right. when you're first married, you're thinking like, "This is exactly what I want." I soon found out. <laughs> yeah, how soon? <laughs> Pretty soon. Like within but, a year. Yeah. Within a year, you found yeah. out this well, was a bad choice. Actuality, like when I got married, my dream was to have four children. Yeah. All I wanted to be when I was a young girl was a housewife. Okay. You know, because I just seen the beauty in it. Yeah. You know, like you said, the, you know, the women's the, the you know. God's perfect plan. Yeah, right. Right. Yeah. That's um, what you wanted. That's what I so wanted. So you married a guy that thought I was going to give you that. Yes. Kids and stability. Yes. Okay. And you got married and you found what? Crazy, dramatic, unstable. Okay. And you noticed that within a year. Yes. Okay. Wow. Now, again, so let's talk. So Why'd why you stay, stay with him? Why'd you stay with him? In hopes that I could help. 
Yeah. Him turn around. Yeah. Right. And you so know? you didn't see this side of him when you were dating? There's all, it's not like one person's just one way. You know, he's mm-hmm. a good, kind man, you know, yeah. that if there was somebody that needed help, he's right there. Right. Good mm-hmm. Samaritan. He would never cross the street to avoid helping yeah. another person. Sure. So you always see, yeah, you there's know, some all good of that. in him, but then yeah. all of a sudden you see some things you don't like. Right. But you made a choice to stick it out. Right. And have kids. Yes, I stopped it too. Huh? I stopped it too. Yeah, so, but again, like... I had my children at 18 and 19, so okay. there wasn't that big time frame. It was... Right. You know, so you boom, get boom. out there, you weren't doing drugs. He wasn't doing drugs either? No, he was right. always doing drugs. He was always, even when yeah. you were dating? Yeah, so was I. You were doing drugs when you were dating? Yes. Okay, we miss that part of the we story. We did miss that part. <laughs> <laughs> so when you were here in Indiana, you were doing drugs? Yes. What was your drug of choice? When I came to Christ, I was already a little alcoholic. At the age of 11, I already was drinking alcohol. Wow. Okay. So. How did you start drinking alcohol at 11 years old? My parents were drinkers. Mm -hmm. We had this basement that was real cool. Had the pool table, the bar and everything. Yeah. I mean, ain't nothing for a little kid to go sneak. Did your parents know? No. They didn't have any idea. No, so at first, was idea. it just all fun? Like, I'm going to get away with it, sneak it, see no, what No, I does. was a very angry little girl because they took me away from the only thing I knew, and they were unstable. Right. Yeah, and I was, so I was like, that's the only time i ever seen any of them happy, so I figured, hey, <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah, so you watched your parents relieve stress by from drinking, uh-huh. so you're thinking, yeah. even at 11 years old. So, right. I mean— so, so we should probably stop for a second and take a note because I don't think parents realize this, how much your children are Absorb watching what yeah. you're doing. and yeah. are observing how you handle situations yeah. and yes. are probably going to respond to situations the same way you do. Oh, yeah. People right? that say, oh, my kids are never going to do that. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Actions right. speak louder than words. Right. Like you could say, I've heard people say this, well, I might not do it all right, but my kids will because I've taught them better than me. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, no. Which isn't true, right? No. Like no, they're, they're learning it from they you. They go by your example. Yeah. yeah. So, so you're drinking. When did you get into drugs? And why drugs? Well, What's wrong with alcohol? <laughs> A lot. Huh? Well, I know. What was the switch? Yeah, I mean. uh, I honestly don't remember. I mean, it was. Well, how'd you get introduced to it? More of who I hung out with. Right. Because, like, the drinking was more of a private thing at that age. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then when I met Big Rick. (laughs) Think about this just for a second, what you're saying. (laughs) You're 11 years old, and you're saying. It's a private. You know, drinking was kind of. Well, it wasn't I was hanging out downstairs in the basement, (laughs) sipping on whiskey by myself. I wasn't getting drunk. It was like, if you ever take shots of liquor, Uh you'll get. It's almost like a, a buzz, a, a Prozac, I would call it. Okay. You know, you'll get a relief. Okay. So that, you know, I wasn't down there getting drunk, you no. know, but. Yeah. But still you were hiding it. Yeah. And that's yeah, a yeah. big deal. Yeah. yeah. So then you meet Big Rick and and he introduces you to drugs? No, pot. Huh? Pot, so he marijuana. introduced pot? He yeah, was selling he was a it? major, major pot smoker. Okay. okay. So. And so did it get worse than pot? No, pot's better than alcohol. No, I know. <laughs> no, like but what after pot? I'm trying to define. Oh, when you say that left. I'm doing drugs, right. I mean, are you, have you always just been a pot smoker? Or uh, did you do other drugs? Oh, yeah. Did others. Huh? Meth. Okay. So where how, where was the switch from the weed to the meth? Like, because you don't do wake up and do meth, like go from weed to doing meth well, no, wait, a problem. I want to ask this question because I've been having this conversation with some parents whose kids are on 
like, because honestly, in our, like today, pot is somewhat accepted. Yeah. Right. Oh, it's right? legal in some places. No, I know. But yeah. the idea of kids that have ADHD or kids that are struggling with, you know, anxiety, that right. yeah. it's probably not that big a deal if they're smoking joints. Right. It's right? good on a medical aspect. I mm-hmm. just think it can get out of control. No, just so my like point is, else. do you, this is just for you personally, you don't have to put a broad perspective on it. Do you think that doing marijuana is a gateway into mm. other drugs? No. No? No, I really don't. So, I think alcohol is more uh, of a okay. gateway. I think that that's, a, that's a, first of all, it's a really hard. Is that my phone? I've never heard it do that before. Probably mine. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> I, I've thought about this question a lot. Okay. Because I think it's a dumb question. It is. Which part's dumb? What I just ask? The Well, I just think there's a lot of people ask that question. Okay. And I think that it isn't necessarily the thing that is the gateway. I think it's the people. Like okay. if you are buying it from a drug dealer, okay, that's entering the drug dealing world. If okay. you would go to a dispensary, you know, it's not really not going to lead you anywhere unless it's like you like that high and you want to know what else. So you're is saying like. that the majority of people that are smoking weed are never going to experiment with no, I'm not saying percentage that. of marked. Aren't ever going to no. are ever going to experiment no. with another drug. So what right. made you experiment with something else other than marijuana? Because it was brought into my atmosphere. Okay, so somebody else said, "Hey, Gene, yeah. try this." Yeah, and for years it was like, "I ain't never going. You guys are fools. I ain't never going to do that." Da 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 da. Never, never. And then you're just you play some mind games to yourself, like big time. Right. So you go world. from so you go from pot. So again, I'm trying to put this into perspective. So now you're. 18, 19 years old, you're having kids, but both of you are doing drugs? At that time, it was just marijuana. Okay. But after that, when did, like, did the kids add stress or something that moved it into this place, or? I don't know, to tell you the truth. I okay. don't remember on that aspect when it started, because the kids were older. The kids were oh, older really? You... Yeah, yeah, yeah. The kids were older. They were, like, I just think about this one, probably eight, nine Eight oh, or wow. nine when, yeah. you, when you moved into something other than marijuana. Right. What kind of effect did that have on your marriage and your kids? Awful. It'll ruin your life. Right. It'll literally ruin your life. And, It'll take and, everything. Huh? Well, because he was dealing. So right. your kids, were they around that, mm-hmm. seeing that? Yeah, did you have people in raised. and out and everything? Yep. yep. Oh, wow. It'll take everything. I guarantee you people. <laughs> yeah. Meaning that money, relationship. Money, yeah, relationship. Um, yeah. Everything, your livelihood. Right. You know. And so this is fast forwarding, but kind of give us a, so here's a snapshot. You and Rick and your family, you guys are in California. (laughs) God isn't a part of your life and you're at a place now where drugs and just maybe that lifestyle has tended to consume something other than raising children. Yes. Right? Yes. So how much effect do you think that, not as a blaming you know, but how much effect do our decisions as parents have on our kids as they become adults? Everything. Really? Seriously. Your father is the first man you're going to look at. Okay. A mother is the first woman a son's going to look at. Okay. So, yeah. So, yeah. I so, mean, can you put that in perspective for people? So, did you have a son? Yeah. Yeah. So, how much effect did <laughs> your how much son? Effect right. did my son yeah, from see, up from growing up house? inside of those things and how did that play out in his life? Right. Because, again, I'm not, 
I don't want to bring up stuff that's obviously painful. Right. But problem. I also think that it's important for people to see because I think that there are lots of people think that that can be a disconnect, that it's not generational, mm. that it's not a cycle, that it's not like it's like, hey, we did it, but it's just a phase of our life and it's not going to have any effect of our kids. So can you give if us a story? If you're raising your children in it, it'll affect your children for the rest of their life. Yeah. So can you talk to us at all? Like how did it My affect your My son was raised up in that. My son was an addict his whole life, and then my son overdosed a year ago. Mm. Yeah. So. And again, did you guys know that he was, like, an addict when yes. he was a kid? You did. Yeah. yeah. Right. But did you, I mean, was it something you tried to steer him away from? It's kind of hard to steer somebody away when you're in it yourself. Yeah, that's so what So you I mean. were still using when he yeah. was using? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So again, you're going through this at some point you make a break, right? Like from Rick. Right. Right. I think, I mean, I'm just trying to walk people through the story. Mm -hmm. And at some point you make that break, you decide this isn't working. So what got you to the point? Why did you ever leave? Like what made you say, you know, enough's enough. Mm -hmm. we're, We're doing something else. And then did you bring the kids with you? I left big Rick several times. Oh yeah. Wow. Several times, and I'd always go back. <laughs> because I mean, it's I'm just laughing, a thing. I, I'm trying to think about like why. I uh, I honestly, I, you know, I tell people, I say, you know how like in your yearbook you look at that picture and you look at that hairdo and you go, what was I thinking? <laughs> it's like that. <laughs> it's like that. Really? But that's yeah. a question for a I lot say, of women. Yeah, they, it's, I think it's when it's the father of your children, and then you believe that you can you know, change it. You mm-hmm. can, you know. Do you think it has to, anything to do with the design of a woman? Of yes. why she keeps yes. going back? Absolutely. Like, what is she searching for? Absolutely. What is it that she's searching for that would cause, even in a situation that's not good, to keep going back? What is she searching for? Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, I think to there's be some, in that design. Yeah, yeah, I think internally there's these emotions that yeah. women just have that's mm-hmm. hard to disconnect yeah. from that lead them back into situations that yeah. aren't good, right? Because even though, like, I think one of the one of the things that I've always said, we've talked about it on the podcast, is for every woman, they're looking for security, mm-hmm. right? Yes, big and time. then when you get outside of a relationship, you tend to find even though you might be somewhat independent, the the security piece, something to fall back on, something to have there isn't there. And so they tend to go back to situations that they probably shouldn't. His wasn't necessarily security because I was always the security blanket, you know. You were Miss Independent, do it on your own. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. When you got to, you have to. So you left, when you left him, did you stay in Arbuckle? No, I always I, I always come back to Huntington. Really? Yeah, because that was where my family was. Okay, and you would bring the kids with you? And I brought the kids with me, yeah. The man would even, one time he even drove me back to Indiana. Oh, wow. Who did? Big Rick. That's really nice of him. <laughs> yeah, he loaded up the truck. Wow. I said it wasn't, He was. it was his demons, you know, that he was constantly fighting, and I just happened to be in the middle of it, you know, in the way. Right. That's why the sermon coming up on the women. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't wait to hear it. <laughs> I can't wait to For hear it. For what reason? Like because what I you- believe in it, and I'm, I want them to know, yeah, this is what you do. You don't do it the other way. Because if I maybe would have had the sermon or the way of knowing what to do, mm-hmm. you know, I might have been able to do it. God even told me a couple times to duck. To duck. He said, you're in my way. Get out of my way. Yeah, you know, but no. I had to be in his face and tell him, 
yes. you know, what wrong he was doing. Right. So you when know? you say that, so let's let's just stop on that for a second, because we're going to get to the point where you're now completely separated and you're back in Huntington with the kids. Right. Right. Like we're going to get to that point. But if you are saying like, I want to I, I can't wait for this message because I want women to hear. Like, what do you want them to hear? Like, when you say this, like, you already know this in your mind, but I want you to explain it. So you said, I felt like God told me to duck. What's it, What does that mean? Explain to women out there what that for you, based upon the design that God has, why would he tell you to duck? Why would he tell you to get out of the way? Because he was working on him. And if I would, even back then, I've told a couple people, couple women, even back then, my prayers for him were selfish, even though at that time I didn't even realize it, Okay, you know, because I was praying, you know, because I rightfully was praying because I was the wife and the children. Mm -hmm. So I'm praying for us Mm -hmm. as a unit, the whole family, instead of now I pray for Big Rick as an individual, Mm -hmm. you know, as a man of God. You were taking over his job, though. Really? Yeah. Yeah, oh, so gosh, let, yeah. this is another interesting thing. So, again, and take this the right Told way, you, Gina, because you know colorful. me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know me. Like, here you are. You're, a, I won't say you're a drug addict. Right. But you're doing drugs. Mm-hmm. As an addict. Things aren't going the way they're supposed to go. You're not in church. You haven't been in church forever, but you're praying. Yeah. Oh, always. Don't you think that's weird? Oh, gosh, yes. I used to be called a hypocrite all the time. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> That's not I, what used to I, carry, I used to carry around my Bible. No, dude. listen to me. Here's what I want people to see. Why would somebody who mm-hmm. has walked away from the church pray? Because I didn't walk away from God. Yeah. Mm. That's no, I the, don't. I never walk away no, from God. There That's nothing. what I wanted you to. Yeah. That's what I wanted There's people to be able to hear. nothing in this world ever. Right. Ever. Right. That you still had this belief. Oh, gosh. In God Big and time. still had this trust in God. You just didn't trust the church. I didn't. Couldn't. I didn't trust anything. I used to carry around my little King James Bible. It is so wore out. Okay. You know, and I mean, I'd be sitting around with a bunch of people, you know, and they're right. like, what, what is that? You know, why right. are you carrying around? It's like, all I know is this is the only thing that is true in this world. Right. You know, and then and even though I didn't it? Know, Yeah. Yeah, so here's somebody. But so, I'm like in a crack house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. That's no, so here's I'm... the other point of it, too. So who in your life, in the course of those times of turmoil, mm-hmm. whatever we want to call those years of your life, what women were surrounding you, helping you, coming alongside of you? What women were trying to pull you out? Were there women? Or no. Didn't, no. No. None. None. Yeah, like, see, that's the part that I think is crazy. What? Well, I mean, you think about this. So part of what we're going to talk about in Titus says, Mm -hmm. like, older women should be training younger women. Like, they should be seeking out younger women because, again, the reality is everybody goes through these crazy times. Craziness is just defined in different ways. Right. right? Craziness can be defined in your mental state. Craziness can be defined in your addiction state. Craziness can be defined in your independent state. It's just you're off the rails in some aspect. Where are all the godly women that are going to say, I'm going to go find the girls that are off the rails Mm -hmm. right now, and I'm going to journey with them. But there was no one. No. Yeah, I think that's... Wow. Do you think, Jenny, did you have them? Yeah. 
You did. So you had people trying to pull you out of the. Oh, yeah. Off the rails. Absolutely. Yeah. Too but many you sometimes. But you didn't want to hear it. <laughs> yeah. What? But you just didn't want to hear it. No. Right. Uh-uh. But I mean, I still like even to this day, I will think about it. Like there's not anything that anybody had ever said that went completely on. Like I didn't take it, but I don't know. It's like you don't hear it at that time, but it's still right. being in your head. It's like a seed being yeah. planted. Right. So anyway, so you're saying I'm praying and I realized like there's some things that, that I should have done different as, as a, as a woman. Now. Right? Yeah, yeah. And so one of the things that you would say to women today, like this is something you need to make sure that you do right. Mm-hmm. Right. It's hard though. Like, when, you know, what's, what's something, if you could give them some advice, like one of the things you said. Shut up, should, not talk so much. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah. Talk. Yeah. Women are, uh, women are emotional, you know, so everything that you know, triggers is from an emotion. Men mm-hmm. are logical. So that's kind of like. Women are illogical. Or no, like, men are logical. Right, women, and women are emotional. Are crazy. Yeah. No. What? We're not men crazy. Men are logical. Women are crazy. <laughs> no, emotional. No. Yeah. Not crazy. Well, no, no, just emotions yeah. turn into crazy. Yeah, remember yes, when I think do. about the male species. So don't <laughs> go there. <laughs> yeah, but again, emotions left unchecked mm-hmm. yeah, can turn yeah. into insanity. Yes, it can. Yes. And I'm not even saying and logic that. unchecked can turn into insanity. Correct? I mean, we have some geniuses that are really... Yeah, we do. <laughs> right. What are they called? Ex- um, extravagant or something Well, I like mean, that. I think the thing that Scripture would always say is the thing you should seek above everything else is wisdom. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, wisdom is defined by what yeah. you know and how you apply, what you know and how you apply. Yeah. yeah. Right? But it's hard for women when, them, when they don't see any leading to, you know, to step aside and say, okay. I could not step aside and say, okay, Big Rick, you got this. I'm trusting. Right. That's the biggest thing is just trust God. And because I I can't tell a woman that's being abused or left, you know, to the wrong road to say, okay, no, all you got to do is pray more. Yeah. Well, let's just use that as an example. But why can't you? Because it's just pray more, but yeah, you still got to take care of business. You still got to make sure bills are paid. I mean, you're just going to sit there and spend the whole time praying. I mean, maybe. But <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Jenny. You're thinking of something. Something's I mean, rolling around in your head up well, there. Well, I mean, I know that, like, because are you saying that they would have to do the work? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. I did. Like I said, remember, all I wanted to be was the housewife. Mm-hmm. So I already had that mindset of being submissive. Mm-hmm. I, I seen it as a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. Well, I get into a relationship. I'm not allowed to be submissive. Okay. If not, what do you mean? Uh, my children wouldn't have had food. My if I would have been submissive and just allowed him, yeah, he wouldn't have had food because he didn't provide. Right. He right. wasn't a provider. So in order, I mean, because that's a big thing. And in order for the perfect thing to work, each one has to do their own thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it can't just be the women doing it and not the men or the mm-hmm. men doing it and not the women. Right. So what would you do in that situation? Like if especially like if the man is not providing at all. Like, well, let's say, so hers is an extreme case. Right. But what right? would you do? No, I know. So let's let's say here's an extreme case. Uh-huh. Extreme. <laughs> no, I'm just saying an it extreme is. case yeah, where the welfare of the wife and the welfare of the children is being sacrificed because the man isn't there. So right. Gina has a very extreme case. Right. But part of the problem is, is that everybody wants to go to that extreme, but that's honestly not usually the case. What do you mean? So Gina saying like, 
Okay, the role of a wife is to be a helper, mm-hmm. to, right. to come alongside of her husband, to like part of the role of the way that God set it up, the order. So it's men are supposed to submit to God right. and then love their wife sacrificially. And women are supposed to submit to a man. Right. So that's the order of right. how it works. God, man, women, children. Right. So if the idea is that a woman gets in the way of God to the man yeah. where she takes control, mm-hmm. God can no longer deal with the man. Right. right. Because she stepped in the way. In so the that's way. one of the things that Gina said was um, like, I got in the way because I became Rick's Holy Spirit. I became Rick's, you know, counselor. I became Rick's like I was trying to fix him. Mm-hmm. She's saying, uh, I needed to like my story good. Yeah, you needed to like, well, no, this is like the story that I teach. Right. Because it's hard for a woman to recognize that you can't fix your man. Yes. Like you just can't fix him. Like there is no right. fixing a man. The only one who can truly fix him is God. Yeah. Right. And so part of trusting, submitting, is submitting to the fact that God can have more say in your husband's life than you do. Yeah. Right now, yeah. in her extreme case, if she would have just sat back and said, I trust you, they'd have been starving and broke. Right. True. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's how I felt. Yeah. Right. Who knows? You right. know, honestly, because I would never let it get to that. Right. But my point is, is that for most women, it's not like they're going to be starving and broke. It's just not going to be the way they want it. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So they're they're saying, I got to be in control because my husband's an idiot. But honestly, it's not like he's not bringing money home. It's not like he's not. Well, I pres- think the biggest one is the spiritual. Okay. Because I think if a woman sees a man leading in the spiritual walk, she'll follow him anywhere. She really will. You think? I think so. I would know. I mean, yeah. If I, yeah. Hmm. I don't think so. The woman, you don't think so? No. I think so. Why don't you think so? A woman that's searching, a woman that's searching God. Okay, well, yeah. Living for God. Mm -hmm. If she sees her man stepping up and saying, okay, I'm going to be the head of the spiritual walk in our Mm -hmm. family, Mm -hmm. why wouldn't she follow on the rest of the stuff? Yeah. Yeah, I think if they're following, like reading the right. word and actually believing right. it, then and they having would. their children and, you know. So, what are your thoughts? Um, Who was a leader in your family on the no, spiritual I mean, I was, walk? No, it's for sure. Well, again, it was a partnership. We mm-hmm. had this discussion at men's group last night because one guy's like, I'm probably not doing my job because I got up and put, cooked breakfast while my wife was teaching Bible. Right. Oh, yeah. And I said, that's not the point. Like, right. so it's done in different ways. So, yeah. like, as an example, I taught all of my son's small groups. Mm-hmm. Right. So I said, hey, I, I don't care who your friends are. I want to try to reach your friends. So the only, <laughs> the only criteria is I'm not going to complain about your friends as long as you bring them to Bible study. Right. Like, you can bring <laughs> right. them out there. I don't care where they're at in life. I'm going to teach them that way. Or I would try to teach my kids biblical principles by the way that they handled themselves with women or how they worked or like in the actual inaction environment where Sherry, when she homeschooled our kids, taught them biblical history type of things. But when it came to, again, and everybody who knew Sherry, I mean, she was not a rollover, Mm -mm. do whatever, like, you know, type of a wife. She's my admiration. When it came to the discussions, should we take in the Clark kids? 
You know, yeah. she's... Uh, really? Uh, well, I mean, you think about this. We live in a 1,600-square-foot well, yeah. house. Yeah. Yeah. I'm already working two jobs to try to make ends meet because back then, I mean, the pastor's salary, you ain't, you either ain't getting it or ain't working. Right, right. right? So we're already trying to make ends meet. You're going to take in five kids. And the recommendation of every other Christian woman in her life was... No. Yeah, why? Why would every Christian woman say, don't take in kids like the Clarks? Well, to affect your, I mean, you, I've already heard you say this. Yeah, to affect the because other they're going to affect the other kids yeah. because they're doing drugs and they've seen and they do and they're going to influence mm-hmm. your children. So if you were a mom whose job is a protector, whose job is to do, are you going to like be on board with it? Right. Yeah. So when yeah. it came to those things, I said, like, I feel like this is what God's telling us to do. And she's like, all right. But she has so much respect for you to do that right. because you did lead in the right way. Do you yeah. know what I mean? I Maybe. mean, you know me, I'll praise the good ones and I'll slam on the bad ones. <laughs> <laughs> you are a good man. Yeah, no, I think that there were some aspects of like in those situations, true submission, because this is the, the the heart. You Like when you teach this to, to kids that are first getting married, like, oh, yeah, it's submission. Like, I mean, I get it what the Bible says. But I said, you understand true submission only works when you disagree. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, submission only comes into play. When there is a disagreement or a lack of trust. Yeah. Right? So anytime for a woman that you get into a situation, submission only comes into play when you don't agree with your husband Mm -hmm. or when you get to a situation where you don't trust your husband. Yeah. Right? So that's where you have to really trust God more than you trust your husband. So if you would ask Sherry, is it because I was a good man or because she trusted God? It was, she would tell you it's because she trusted God, Mm. you know, and that over time that played out and showed itself as better than always trusting me, you know, because all my decisions weren't the way that they were supposed to be. Not Mm -hmm. everything turned out the way it was supposed to be, but trusting God is going to be far more important than trusting your husband because he's a man. Right. He's untrustworthy yeah. to a certain extent, right? right to a you know, extent. Yeah, you're going to have to trust that he makes those decisions. But I think for women, so when you're asking me what's my opinion if a godly woman or a woman who seeks God mm-hmm. is going to fall into that and be okay with it, the majority of them I would say today that would call them godly, I would say absolutely not. Wow. And it's not even necessarily that their husband's bad. It's just they like control. Mm. Most women want to be in control. And as long as the husband goes down. In general, you mean? Yeah. I have everything, right? So as long as the husband just gets in line. Yeah. Right? So as long as he just follows in line and they all agree, which is the majority of the time, it never even comes up. It only comes up when he's like, hey, I think we should go over here. And. This is something else we're going to talk to, like the power of a woman's voice, not women in general, but a mm-hmm. woman that you love's voice in your life is very important. Yeah. Right. So when she looks at you and says, you're an idiot, that's the stupidest thing I ever heard. What's a man's natural response? Get hurt. Get mm-hmm. back in line. Because she doesn't say mean things to me as long as I just go down the road. Yeah. So that's the problem. And a lot of godly women are totally disrespectful to their husbands. Wow. You know, when I say godly women, let me put that in perspective. Women that go to church, read their Bible and go to Bible studies are completely disrespectful to their husbands. Really? I mean, I don't know. I don't. Nick. 
Come on, help Seriously. me out. I'm not saying you. Maybe not all I'm, of them. I the ones say I see aren't. I mean, I didn't say right. all. I'm saying my brain's going to several. No, Heather I'm just saying, to, like, Nick, would you say that in talking to men in general, that there is a sense of a lack of respect from their wives to their husbands? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I'm sorry. Hey. Well, no, I don't even mean it that way. And I'm not saying this as putting women down. I'm just saying I don't think women know to the extent how much a man wants to be respected. I don't think they do either. You know, and how— Why? Huh? I don't understand why—like, why don't people know that? Um, Or why don't women know that? Because I think, again— I think most men have just made this decision. You know, I'm just going to put my nose to the grindstone and go to work. Mm. So, like, avoid it? Like, avoid that conversation? Because, again, because when I say, like, I think sometimes women and even men are afraid to say this. Mm -hmm. Like, you're disrespecting me. Is women see that as chauvinist? Like, why should I have to respect you? Why should I have to treat you? Why should I have to, you know? And men are like, I'm not trying to be chauvinist. I'm just trying to tell you how I feel. Right. I'm just trying to tell you why that made me feel terrible. Mm -hmm. Why that? And it's not about chauvinism. It's about the design, right? The design of a man is that headship, whether you're doing it or not, is an important thing to you. Mm -hmm. Right. So whether you're carrying it out or not, it's still in you. You still want to be in, you still want to be the head. You still want to be the king. And so anytime your wife emasculates you or, you know, essentially, put you down because, and they don't see it as putting you down. They're like, I'm just being real. I'm just being real. I'm just telling you how it is, you know, and I don't think they understand the power of those words because it's not offset with love. Yeah. That's just amazing because the women, like they're being, they're not being like that to their kids. Like if it was like reversed, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But you know, the reason being is because the order's messed up. So if you go to a woman's life today, Mm -hmm. they were godly women. Here's what I would say you're going to find with most godly women. And again, I'm using that as a general phrase. Women that go to church, Mm -hmm. that read their Bible and Bible studies would say it's God first, children second, and if I have time for my husband third. Oh, that's not good. Wow. I mean, Nick? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I just think that's, that's a, good. that is a common thing and it's honestly accepted in society. And yeah. if a man says, I mean, I've said this, we said it to our kids. Like when we would, when Cherry and I would date or leave on vacation and leave them at home, I would tell them, you know why this is? It's because I love your mom more than I love you. Wow. And I want you to understand you're all going to be gone someday and I'm going to still be with your mom. So good luck to you. Hope it's all good. But I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> make sure can't do that. I am don't gonna make sure down. that my relationship with my wife is right. But the woman can't do that. I don't think about it. Do you know yeah. women that would sit there and say, Yeah, if my husband needs me, yeah. Screw the kids. Or if somebody was drowning, who would I choose? <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not even saying that. I'm just saying when it comes to if a husband says, you know what, I need more time with you. So I, I need more of you. So that means I would rather you be with me than be with the children. Mm-hmm. How many wives are going to be like, no way. Probably I, not I, a lot. Are they going to say, oh, I yeah, good. Know. So kids, go to the babysitter. Kids, go somewhere else. It's time for me and dad. 
I just yeah, don't I think about that, that. I don't think that that's, and again, that's not viewed as disrespect, but that is so disrespectful. Being a good mama is what it's, it's so disrespectful to choose your kids over your husband. Yeah. And yeah. that's not seen. So when I say disrespect, it's not being a mouth. Right. You know what I mean? It's not that. I'm saying disrespectful, meaning that they're choosing something else. Is it disrespectful for a wife to choose her job over her husband? Yeah. You would think so. But yeah. it's, is it accepted in society today? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. But for a man, it's seen as disrespect because a wife chooses to work. And not, again, not that she can't work, but chooses her work over her husband. Right. Right. Because we already know that every woman would say, if my husband works all the time, he's never present, they would be on his butt a thousand yeah. times. But it's completely accepted for a woman to come home, be completely disconnected with the kids or her job, and be like, well, that's just the way it is. Oh, we got twisted. Yeah. So that would be my point. Like, I think that there's a- How did we get there? Huh? How did we get there? How did we get there? Yeah, like women's how, like, lib. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't. I don't understand. Like why? Like when did it become okay? Probably because we stopped having women teaching women. Like you said, the older, oh. woman, older woman not helping the younger woman to know that it's even like you said, it's normal. You know, acceptable. Right, because I brought this up yesterday, and I just, to me, I just think it's crazy. Like, when we think about, like, 100 years ago or, like, more than 100 years right. ago, like, that time frame, every woman was staying at home. Every woman was being a helper. Mm -hmm. Like, to me, it's just crazy to think of where we are today. Yeah. So, I mean, we had a lot to work on. I mean, I just think that that's as we get there. But I want to fast forward now to like, here's your story. So you come from a challenging background. Yes. Right. Dang, I don't even know what all I talked about. No, either. I mean, <laughs> no, the point is, is the picture that everybody gets is, is that, I mean, I think a couple points, let's just pick them out. Like, it is important to understand that in your journey, even though through your poor choices, you still sought the Lord. Oh, yes. Yeah. Right. And then in those places, you were still going to the place that you thought could fix things. Yes. Still going back to your Bible, still going back to place, even when marriage wasn't good. Everything. Drugs, you know, everything that's happening I in your life. I with my Bible under my pillow. Right. So that's my <laughs> point. Know. So you didn't trust your husband. You didn't even trust yourself sometimes, right. you right. know, because exactly. of the things you're doing, but you did trust God. Yes. Right. And you weren't in church. Like, I think this is okay for yeah. people to see this. Like, yeah. you were still pursuing the Lord. Yes. Even in the midst of your sin. Yes. And he was still pursuing you. Always. Right. Wow. Like that there's He's never that. left me. Right. So then you get to a place where something changed. At some point, know, huh? at some point, you've moved through this journey, you're seeking the Lord, but something did change because you did get clean. Uh -huh. You did get to the place where you're back in church. You did get to the place where now you're turning around, mentoring, helping, being a part of. What was the switch? Yeah. What happened? See, I don't know. Honestly, just well, one time, I mean, I just... Well, you got back to deciding, Huntington. Yeah. So you got back I to Huntington. To, your kids I started. I wanted to go. I wanted to be with people that spoke of God. Right. That was the thing I missed. I had everything individually, but I didn't have communication. You didn't have community. Right. I didn't have community. Right. So right. that's, I think, what I was starting to ache for, mm -hmm. you know, as a community. Right. So when you get back to Huntington, your kids start going to life church My for grandkids. the food. Grandkids start going to church. Your kids didn't go? No. No. Your grandkids start going back to life church, so you decide, hey, I should go. I went to a couple of churches 
Okay. And then it just didn't, I don't know, they say that didn't feel right, you know, yeah. type of thing. Right. And so I came here and I don't know, been here ever since. Yeah. So what clicked? Yeah. Like what made the difference and what's your journey been like? I don't like? know if anything ever made difference, but when I finally made the decision to come back, I have the mindset that nothing's ever taken me out of it again. Okay. I don't honestly care if anybody likes me or not. I'm going right. you know, I mean, I want right. to be liked like anybody right. does, mm-hmm. but you know, I believe it was your mindset. Yeah. I believe like, in the So what have you learned over the course of 13 years, being back in church, being in community, being around people that can speak the word? Because again, this is another important point. People who say you can seek the Lord by yourself and get it all done. It's just a fallacy. Right. And you've proved that, right? right. Like you're seeking the Lord, you're going through these places, but you get to the place where you're clean now and you're trying to get things figured out and you get back in church, but it's been a journey. Right, like this right. journey for you. Oh gosh, sp- it's taken me thirteen years to do my testimony. Well, that, that's <laughs> right. So, that, I mean, in those thirteen years, like, what are some things that were like big markers or people who were big influences for you that moved you to the place where people see you today? Mm-hmm. People, Jennifer Eller. Oh my okay. gosh, I ain't kidding. Yeah, so talk about it. So, and how Jennifer? did Jennifer influence you in a way that's got you to the place where She's you are always now? Always there to listen. Okay. Um, Has she always been? Yes. Like from the beginning? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody knows I can chatty, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, Jennifer's just always been there to listen. And then... Because, again, let's make sure we... I like your sermons. I like that you're um, very blunt and that you bring them to relatable. Yeah, know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Yeah. And I've always felt whenever you're up there preaching... You're basically preaching to yourself most of the time. For sure. It looks, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. like it's not that, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, this I'm preaching to myself. Now what you get from it is, right. you know. Right. So I really like that. And so then, let's talk about the Jennifer thing for just a second because we only have like five minutes left. Whoa. Right? I could talk about Jennifer. For yeah, no, minutes. I'm saying, <laughs> again, I think this is important for people to yeah. get because there are times that people shy away from relationships because they think, oh, my gosh, I'm never going to be able to help. I'm never going to be able to fix. But Jennifer, at least from what I know about you guys' relationship, just said I'm going to listen. Yeah. Right. I'm not going to have to fix. I don't no, have to have all the answers. She was just somebody never judged, that never you could anything. go to sit down with and ha- have a conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So now, always. Yeah. Go ahead. Always. And then just, I don't know, continuously coming. Right. I like to serve. I love to serve. Even out there when I wasn't going to church. Right. I was always known as, like in Arbuckle, I was known as Miss Gina. Yeah. So if you ever needed anything. <laughs> ask Miss Gina. Ask Miss Gina. And yeah. it was that Mexican population. So right. a lot of times there wasn't even a verbal communication. It was just knowing somebody needs some food or knowing somebody needed some clothes. When right. you were out of California? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So again... In your journey, having somebody to listen to what we can learn from, right? Somebody Uh that will listen, right? So if you're somebody out there and you're trying to get it figured out, get with somebody, get in community, try to find a person that will listen. If you're the person out there saying, I don't really know what to do, find somebody you can listen to, right? Like those are some things that you can do. The other part is, is yeah, you need to find a church that can, the, the messages, the teachings and the things can, can be yeah. applied to your life and allow for life change. Yeah. And then you need to get to the place where you serve. Yeah. Right. You need to, I, I don't, serving I have the hardest time, okay, because <laughs> Yvonne, Yvonne's another rock star. Um, I've always, a couple of times, I've always wanted to get up in front of the church and say, I don't get it, okay? You yeah. guys come all week, every week. and mm-hmm. Why are you, you know, serving? Why aren't you serving? Yeah. You know, and me and Nelson were talking about that, and it's like, I don't know, as soon as I met Jesus and first time I seen that 
He washed people's feet. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I don't know, instantly I, you know, knew, Mm -hmm. okay, that's what I'm meant to do Mm -hmm. is be a server. Mm -hmm. So, but I know it has to be in their heart and I know everybody (laughs) has a lesson to walk up to or, you know, but to me, a serving just kind of goes right with accepting the Holy Spirit. (laughs) Yeah, no, and again, I think that, yeah, I mean, part of the problem with church is, you know, there are people that are serving, you know, there are people that are involved in a lot a of lot, different yeah. places, yeah. but mm-hmm. part of the problem today is, is that if you have a church with a lot of young people, it's the one time they can be without their kids. I understand You know, that. so it's a difficult I, process because half I your know. church yeah. is people who have children. But do you realize in the children's ministry, if everyone that had a child volunteered, it would probably be like once every Yeah, I again, I'm months. not disagreeing with you. It's but, something that we have to continue we, to work know, on. I know. You know, and try to work through those but things. But we have a lot of volunteers now. Yeah. More now because Charity rocks. Yeah. You know, she's gotten, brought so much excitement into, because right. I've been doing it for 13 years. Right. And I was actually starting to get what they call that burnout. Yeah, right. Yeah. And then this little blonde girl pops up. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, my. wow. I mean, right. she was like a breath of fresh air, yeah. right. honestly. Right. You know, and yeah, and it's just fun and it's Yeah, so exciting. if you could give some words of wisdom, right, because we're going we're gonna to finish with words of wisdom and then questions, right? So if you could have some words of wisdom to your younger self or younger women, what would be some of your words of wisdom to them based upon where you're at in life today? Oh, if you could give them a couple hints, a couple pointers, a couple things to, to do, what would it be? Mm, God's way is the best way. Okay. And never let go. Okay. Never let go no matter what. So figure out what way, how, what is God's way? God's way is reading the scriptures. Right. So figuring it out. And being yeah. in a community. Right. I mean, right. it's too hard to, yeah, you can do it and live your life without the community, but it just makes it so much easier. Right. So if you're a young lady out there, search search the heart of God through scripture right. and get in a community of women yeah. that can help you do yeah. the same thing and they're going to hold you accountable. Yeah. yeah. And never let go. Yeah. And if you can't accomplish that, just hang on tight Yeah, because you'll take yourself through, a, you yeah. know. I mean, I always felt like I, I had a rope, you know, mm-hmm. and I was just like, okay, I'm hanging on, you yeah, know, right. where we're going. Hell, if I know. Right, right. <laughs> See, I did really good. I did not yeah, say did. a curse word until the end. Oh, yeah. No, <laughs> nobody cares about that. Yeah, part. yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's who you hang out with. That's what matters yeah. a lot. Yeah. yeah. Finding that right community. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay, Jenny, questions? All right, question time. First one is from Tammy Little. Oh, she's so cute. <laughs> She's a powerhouse. All right. She says, please let Gina know that I love her and her compassion she has for our little ones in church is such a blessing. She's cute. (laughs) The little ones are cute. Do you ever say somebody's ugly? Yeah. Is that the first? Yeah, I'll call somebody ugly. (laughs) (laughs) So maybe maybe when we get to a question and it's somebody will be like, oh yeah, that's you ugly person. Let me hear your question. But it's their inside. I mean, yeah, if they're if they're a bad person, I'm gonna be right in their face and let them know. Emily Krieger, she wants to know, or no, these aren't questions. Man, you are just Miss Popular. I I love your passion for your grandkids. I can just tell the unconditional love you're pouring out into them. They are so sweet, and I love getting to know their hearts. Here's the question. What is your favorite way to celebrate their birthdays? That was a good question. It's their favorite way to celebrate their birthdays. Do birth- you celebrate their birthdays? Yeah, parties. Yeah, usually cake and, and fix dinner. 
Do you? Yeah, I usually try to get them whatever type of... My sister does a lot of the cooking now. I mean, but um, what's her favorite foods? Whatever the favorite meal is. Yeah, the family gets together. The whole family? Yeah. Do you have a favorite meal to cook? No. No? No. Do you like to cook? No. No? (laughs) (laughs) All right, Lisa Leist. How does she stay so committed to the job? And... My bad. I just read. That was very confusing. Okay. Okay. The first question, what gets her through the monetary of the same old or monotony? Lisa, why'd you have to put this word in here? Like that was rude. (laughs) The same old methods of cleaning. Like how do you get through doing the same thing every day? Basically. It's a job. I don't know. You you don't get bored with it. You've said this before. It doesn't matter. You're going to make a living. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever it takes, you're going to make a living. Yeah. Okay. I mean, do I dream of, oh, wow, scrubbing the toilet and on my knees? Yeah. But that's okay. It never gets, like, old, though? Like, you're doing the same thing every day, like, over and over? No, no. I mean, no, because any job really has a repetition of being... Doing the same thing every day. Yeah. Same thing every week. Yeah. 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 I was a waitress for 18 years. Mm, yeah. yeah, so that Which was would a be awful, more. by the way. A waitress, I, I would hate it. being I loved waitressing. Dealing with people, I would be like, oh, that ninety-eight percent yeah. is totally cool. Yeah, I bet. And then you get a meet. <laughs> then you get a meet. You know, yes. I loved waitressing. Yes, that so was I. so much fun. So yeah, because I would entertain my tables. Yeah. I'd make them laugh. And mine was the children. Even back then, I yeah. mean, children. Oh, oh yeah, family would come in, and I'd totally ignore. I their was dogs. not one. They're the paying families. the bill, but I didn't care. Yeah, no, right. they're the ones that leave messes under the no. table, and you have to clean them up. I was like, please. Please, no children. Okay, just kidding. Kiwi Oswald. No questions. We just love her. Aww. So much love. Doug Bragg. I can't think of any questions, but every time I've seen Gina, she's always super happy and laughing. I just want to say thanks for making Life Church a joyful and Aww, a clean place. How nice. And Sarah Jeffers. Just put a heart, like a... She's loved a heart. Like, like she's the best. Yes, like she loves you. Yeah, a couple of them. It's and those like are a mama, daughter type of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll ask me. And- oh, wait, no, I'm sorry. Kaylin Griffith. I just want to thank her for being a smiley person and being so good to the kids. Wow, you've gotten a lot of uh, love cool. from yeah. here. I think that's the most, no questions. No questions. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So, Gina, let me end with this. So, I mean, one of the things I want to say to you is just, how proud I am of you of watching your journey for 13 years because again, I mean, I am growing. I yeah, love it. Yeah. That's my I point. I mean, it. I've seen you for yeah. a long time and been a part of your life for a long time. And so not only your own journey, the sacrificial love, right? So one of the things that's a huge attribute of you is the size of your heart and how much you love people, Yeah, you know? And I mean, again, and how that Thank love you. carried that's over, God. carried over into our family. Right. You love my wife. You loved She's her when she was sick. Love. You loved, you know, you, yeah, you did things that yeah, normal people don't do, right. you know, so I wanted to say thank you from, you know, a leader of a You're church, welcome. but also, you know, a husband and just what you've done and how I've seen you love people. And again, I think it's a lesson for all of us to learn. If your heart is big, God can use you in amazing ways. Yeah. So great job, Gina. <laughs> I know. Jenny, you want Seriously. to end it up with our text? Yep. So the number that is 260-408-8383. And that is the number that you can text podcast to, and it will put you in our group. And every week we send out a text 
that we ask you a question and let you know who's going to be on the show. So not only that, but you can ask us questions. If you know somebody that wants to be a podcast or on the podcast, you can text us really just anything. We want you to reach (laughs) out to us. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, engage. Yeah, good. So again, don't forget when Jenny puts the clips out, like, share, uh, again, recommend people to subscribe to our podcast. Uh, if you're on our YouTube and you're watching, you know, that's why I usually watch yeah, it. If you watch YouTube. it on the YouTube, leaving comments on the YouTube, yeah. uh, is a great way for us to grow influence. So if you're on there, leave comments, you know, we'd love to have feedback, um, on how we're doing and how we can continue to get better and, or just leave your comments for our guests and as an encouragement. If you see Gina in church, that'd be the other part of our podcast. One of our goals is people can get to know, you know, people. And so the, the, Church has changed a lot in 13 years and a lot of people and a lot of different, you know, aspects. So if you've never met Gina and you're watching our podcast or you're listening to it, take an opportunity to, to come up, say hi, uh, believe Get me. a hug. Yeah. yeah. She'll, she'll for sure be stopping you, hugging you talking to you. Cause she is one of those people that's the, that is going to stop and take time. Yeah. yeah. You know how some people are like, Hey, good to see you. Bye. Good yeah, to see right, you. Bye. Like no. politician. You're not a politician. Right. No. Yeah, so no. yeah. You'd have that genuine. Love. And I like finding, um, when I look around, if somebody's sitting alone, mm-hmm. you know, even, and I'm not good at names, so I don't know, you know, their name or anything, or sometimes I, with it being so big, I don't mm-hmm. even know if I've already met them. Yeah, for yeah. sure. <laughs> so it's like, but yeah, take a minute, just go say hi, yeah. please. Yeah, it matters. You know, yeah. It matters big time. It does. It really does. Yeah. So again, everybody, thanks for joining us. Don't forget. Like, share, comment. Subscribe. Uh, we'd love to, yeah, subscribe. Love for you guys to be able to get this podcast out to more people. And again, we thank you for watching and or listening, and we'll see you next week. Bye.